This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. For cultivating progress across the South, for working to unconditionally improve the lives of all, and for the bold underwriting of every gravy podcast, SFA thanks our visionary Louisville, Kentucky friends, Pam and Brooke Smith. You're listening to Gravy. 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 I'm Mary Beth Lassiter. And I'm Sarah Camp Milam. Gravy, a production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, tells stories of the changing American South. Kayla Stewart has today's sweet story. Sweet potatoes, that is. There is perhaps no vegetable that is as prized, as cherished, and as beloved in the black community as the sweet potato. Thanks to its sweet taste and smooth, creamy texture, it's a favorite base for sweet desserts and nutrient dish side dishes. It's historically significant, too. Since enslavement, Black Americans have been finding new and creative ways to highlight the beauty of this burnt orange root vegetable, preserving oral recipes and centuries-old traditions, and carrying important memories and cultural heritage along the way. Perhaps most visible in African-American homes, sweet potatoes are often transformed into sweet potato casserole, candied yams, which are even more deeply sweetened sweet potatoes, and of course, sweet potato pie, which are all holiday staples. And don't worry, we'll get to those in this episode. But first, I wanted to take a look at another way of consuming sweet potatoes that may be less familiar, yet has grown increasingly popular in the Arkansas Delta, a distilled bottle of sweet potato vodka. It's just that time of year of tradition, uh, the traditional meal where you're enjoying, enjoying sweet potatoes and greens and cornbread and, uh, you know, purple whole peas and, and, and just the, the meals that you enjoy as, uh, as soul food in, in, in this area. I think this year uh, will be the first year that they can actually enjoy uh, a beverage uh, also crafted from sweet potatoes. That's Harvey Williams, one half of the black couple that owns and operates Delta Dirt Distillery in Helena, Arkansas. Delta Dirt Distillery is one of a very small but growing number of black-owned distilleries in the United States. The two both hail from Arkansas. Harvey's wife, Donna, comes from the city, but Harvey grew up on a farm that has been in his family for generations. I grew up as farming and richness of the of the the crop uh, that it was. And then my dad farmed it and, and transformed the farm from just strictly row cropping over into vegetables. Uh, we didn't have a lot of land, but we, we uh, so he, he made a decision to uh, do something different so that land could sustain the farm. In the 1980s, Harvey's dad started growing sweet potatoes. We just didn't have a, a lot of acres compared to big farm, big cotton farm and soybean farms around here in the Delta. Uh, so we had to find crops that you could still make money on uh, small acres. And sweet potatoes was one of those crops that my dad turned to. 
Harvey and his brother helped their father on the farm. We had gotten ourselves up to over 100 acres of sweet potatoes at that time. Um, and you know, we were growing those um, to make a living. And I, I didn't see it for the, you know, the, 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 the richness of the, the crop uh, that it was. But over time, he came to appreciate the sweet potato. As I got older, I recognized that, man, this is a, a great uh, vegetable full of nutrients, especially the fall time of the year. It was always sweet potatoes and greens, um, which just, just made Thanksgiving and, and all of the, even Sunday meals, it was always sweet potatoes and greens or something of that, that nature. One weekend, Harvey stayed home tending to the land while his dad and brother went to a local conference. That leads up to my brother and my dad going to this vegetable conference uh, one particular year. And he was talking about, they came back from this conference talking about all of the things that they, he found them doing in North Carolina with sweet potatoes, you know, sweet potato fries and tots and uh, turnovers. Uh, but he did say he saw a guy there that had a booth with uh, some sweet potato vodka. And then, I mean, I'm thinking he should have led with that. Harvey and his family threw themselves into learning all they could about distilling alcohol with sweet potatoes. Harvey located about three or four people in the country doing so. I thought, okay, if, if my dad always said, if somebody else is doing it, you can figure out how to do it and, and, and uh, can probably do it better. So that was my motivation for getting started with this. In April 2021, Harvey and his wife Donna opened Delta Dirt Distillery an extension of the family's longtime farming roots and an opportunity to bring something new to their community. I will be totally honest with you. I did not know how the product or us or how it would be received by, you know, by the public, by the, the local community even. Um, and I've been pleasantly surprised that, you know, people have been supported, supportive of the business, um, the concept, uh, somewhat intrigued like I was when, when I first started this. The response, Harvey says, was tremendous. Many enjoyed their products, like a tall cotton gin and a sweet blend vodka. But it was the sweet potato vodka that really captured people's hearts, particularly Helena's Black residents. In the 1940s and 50s, Black Americans from the nearby Mississippi Delta and other parts of Arkansas moved to Helena, and the city is now three-quarters African-American. Many in the community look to businesses owned and operated by Black Americans, just like Delta Dirt Distillery, as an extension of this rich cultural history. This is not a metropolitan area. It's, it's the rural South. Let me start with the good. It, is, it has great people in this area. It's a place that you can easily fall in love with and fall in love with the people because um, they're just so genuine and, uh, and caring. But it's also still the deep South and there, is, there, there are pockets of segregation that still exist and you you have to navigate through that somehow and still figure out a way to come out, um, you know, relatively you know clean and good and, and, and stay focused on the positive and the good things that come out of this community. Like many places in the U.S., Black Americans haven't always been granted the same opportunities or lifestyles as their white peers. So a Black-owned, family-owned business like Harvey's is especially meaningful to local residents. Since opening, Delta Dirt Distillery has taken home some impressive beverage awards. Gold and the Best of Class Award from the American Craft Spirits Association. They won double gold in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. 
and they were recognized by the Micro Liquor Spirits Awards. But Harvey knows it's about more than winning awards. It's also about recognizing the history and pride associated with sweet potatoes, a history that's likely made the product even more compelling to Black Americans in the area. I think that probably leads to a lot of pride for uh, for Black people having had something so unique um, and a product that's so good and resonates with so many people. And I think it resonates because it's sweet potatoes. Everybody in the area knows sweet potatoes. Unfortunately, Arkansas law doesn't allow alcoholic beverages to be shipped outside of the state. But locals are giving the distillery plenty of business. Harvey's care and respect for sweet potatoes and their potential is demonstrative of someone who grew up in and loves farmland, like Jeremy Peaches in Houston, Texas. So sweet potatoes actually grow above ground and below ground. Uh, The great thing about them, um, once you do harvest them, they do, do store long. And we're probably growing about three to four different varieties. We're growing uh, the traditional sweet potatoes like the Bogards, a Japanese variety that's purple, a variety that's white. Jeremy Peaches is an agricultural consultant and works at Lucille's 1913, a nonprofit organization operated by Houston chef Chris Williams that aims to combat food insecurity in vulnerable communities. I met Jeremy in his favorite place, a small farm just behind Houston's power center. Here, Peaches, who descends from ancestors who harvested peaches since enslavement and adopted their last name from the crop, can nerd out over herbs and crops that he loves, like basil, eggplant, cucumber, okra, and yes, sweet potatoes. They're very nutritious. They're very sweet. I think that's why we love them, right? You don't necessarily have to add sugar and all these certain things to necessarily eat them. While sweet potatoes are, of course, loved for their sweet, earthy flavor, Jeremy says they're also one of the first major sources of economic opportunity for Black American farmers, in part thanks to their resilience during the annual harvest. From a business and economic standpoint, I mean, you can create a lot of jobs just off the sweet potato industry, packing, processing, value-added products. I've been seeing sweet potato uh, vodkas and gins and things of that nature, right? People juicing sweet potatoes and also the slips. They're easy to plant. Like, literally, you stick it in the ground. It goes under all these conditions, especially in the south. But because it's growing underground, what's on top, if it gets destroyed, it, it doesn't necessarily just affect the crop below. And while Jeremy loves to enjoy its natural sweetness, nodding to eating them raw and diced and even enjoying sweet potato stuffed egg rolls, he knows that there's nothing, nothing quite like the sweet potato pie. Sweet potatoes has always been like our thing, you know, especially when it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Sweet potato pies, right? We didn't eat too many pumpkin pies, but we ate a lot of sweet potato pies. We did indeed. And with the holidays approaching, I decided to visit someone who I knew could make a sweet potato pie like none other. Now, what's better than this? Really, sweet potato pie, children? When we come back, we'll hear how those pies turned out, and we'll learn a little more about the role of the sweet potato in the African-American kitchen. But first... Hi, it's Melissa. And if you're looking for another great podcast from the South, then you have to check out No Small Endeavor, produced by our friends at Great Feeling Studios and PRX. 
Each episode, award-winning professor and Nashville native Lee C. Camp merges the worlds of philosophy, theology, the arts, and more to ask the question, how can we live a good life while nourishing the soul? Plus, it's the only show I know that features everyone from legendary actor and filmmaker Rob Reiner to Southern activist and author Anthony Ray Hinton. So go ahead, follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and tell them Gravy Said Hey! The holidays are nearly here, which means it's time for cooking, eating, memory-making, and, of course, gifting. Lodge Cast Iron Cookware makes the perfect gift for anyone on your list. Classic skillets and pans that work hard year-round, specialty bakeware that's big on holiday charm, and enameled cast iron that helps make the season bright. They've got your gift list wrapped right up. Lodge Cast Iron helps you bring memories to your holiday celebrations and is made to last for generations. Go to LodgeCastIron.com to shop their full collection. Lodge wishes you happy holidays and the Southern Foodways Alliance for their longtime support of this podcast. Thanks, Lodge. Tell me what a sweet potato pie tastes like if you were explaining it to someone who's never had a slice. First of all, I'd say, oh my, <laughs> you've never had a sweet potato Pie, are you alive? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, aside from being the full essence of my childhood, my youth, and the best memories of my life, and a taste and a mouthful, it's heaven. You know, and as I've gotten older, it's somewhat orgasmic. It is truly uh, transcending. Um, it's a party in your mouth. Um, it is an edible smile. It's so good. Alexander Smalls may very well be one of the most fascinating people I know. The former opera singer, cookbook author, and lauded restaurateur has lived a life of legends. Before running the Cecil and Minton's, two iconic Harlem restaurants housed in a historic jazz house, Smalls traveled the world as an opera singer, dazzling the world with his gifts and charm, Quite possibly the only person to hold a Grammy, Tony, and a James Beard Award, Alexander's personality is as big as his ever-growing list of accomplishments. And when I want to talk about Black food in history while actually enjoying some good Black food, I know I have to stop by his home. Like me, Alexander is a displaced Southerner. Having grown up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, he's called Harlem home for decades now. But his love of the South and the region's influence on his life is still clear as day. Let me just say um, that there's nothing I'm more prouder of than being a Southerner. I mean, I relish it. I engage it. I live in that space. I am cradled by um, the um, warmth, generosity, uh, graciousness of the South. I love it. Now living in New York and really having created a Southern-style lifestyle and household, um, um, you know, those Southern uh, delicacies are very much a part of my daily table and particularly my holidays because 
You know, when we celebrate holidays, we go to nostalgia. We go to food that creates memories and, and uh, times that were warm and full and generous. As I started putting my own Thanksgiving dessert menu together, I decided to learn from the best. I met Alexander on a rainy fall day at his Harlem home to bake a few sweet potato pies together. Hello! <laughs> She's all masked up. How are you? Oh my goodness. Unsurprisingly, he already had some pies going. Two gorgeous pies that the chef apparently came up with on the fly. So this is what I have done. I've whipped up enough uh, filling for two pies. I put one in already, uh, and so we can talk about this one. Across the United States, most Black Americans have and will continue to bring in stacks upon stacks of sweet potato pies to family gatherings. Smooth, creamy filling is often propped up by the buttery, flaky crust. And while pumpkin pie is often considered the quintessential American Thanksgiving dessert, many Black Americans will proudly tell you that only sweet potato pies are allowed on the Thanksgiving table. As Alexander and I waited for the pies to bake, I asked him to tell me more about the history of sweet potato pie and why Black Americans make such a strong claim to the dish. First of all, it's a root vegetable, which is prized, particularly in the African diaspora. And when I speak of the African diaspora, I'm talking about um, the food ways of, of um, five continents, so many countries that were inhabited by the enslaved Africans who were the foundational agriculture, farming, um, and, and they created uh, a common uh, language through food um, that uh, today we can be really proud of. There were agricultural and nutritional benefits, too. The sweet potato and its cousins, the root vegetable, cassava, uh, you know, yams, etc., you know, they were e- easily farmed and harvested, and they had great storage life which uh, made them very important because refrigeration was not anything that um, um, was available at that time. And so uh, it was a healthy, uh, high-protein, fiber, nutritious uh, vegetable uh, that was um, sort of centerpiece in the African uh, community. Food scholar and gravy contributor Adrian Miller is vocal about his love for sweet potato pie often sharing anecdotes around the holidays through his social media accounts. In 2015, Miller dug into the history of the Black community's love for sweet potato pie, tracing the sweet potato's origins to Peru and explaining its journey to and through West Africa and Europe during the 16th century. Miller's work shows that the first record we have of a sweet potato dessert in a slave cabin was a whole sweet potato that was, as Miller describes it, roasted in the embers of a dying fire. Better and more affordable stoves, paired with increased access to baking ingredients, allowed Black cooks to transform sweet potatoes into cakes, cobblers, and pies, eventually becoming a holiday menu staple. The the sweet potato um, and yam for the African Americans really became foundational in our culinary expression, huge part of the African American kitchen. And 
it is a versatile, versatile root vegetable because not only is it an amazing side dish, but it also is foundational in the things we love, such as sweet potato pie, sweet potato cakes, sweet potato puddings, um, gosh, um, candied yams, sweet potato custard. You know, it is uniquely, I would say, African-American. <laughs> we own it. <laughs> This ownership is perhaps most vividly on display during Thanksgiving. Thanks in large part to the great migration of Black Americans out of the South through much of the 20th century, sweet potato pies are now everywhere. Someone's sister's cousin's brother knows the best sweet potato pie lady in cities across the country, from Houston to D.C. to California. Iconic singer Patti LaBelle's Patty's Pies are now a cult favorite, thanks to viral videos celebrating her pies. We consider sweet potato pie to be uniquely ours. And like much in African-American food ways, that sense of ownership matters deeply. We were a people at one point in this country that didn't own ourselves. The only thing we could own is what we retained, contained in the essence of who we were. So it was our mind, it was our emotions, um, it was our sense of self that had to be bigger than who we were to endure what we had to endure, you know? And so I think that gets worked into the DNA and it becomes a way in which we foundationally um, exist. And we carry that with us. Alexander, who has regularly credited Black women in American food, points to Black women as the culinary leaders that have allowed the dessert to prevail and to become such a revered part of our culture. What I love about um, uh, Black cooks in the South, especially our mothers and grandmothers, you know, the recipe is in the language they speak. It's in the dance, as Maya Angelou would say. It's in the walk. It's in the sway of the hips. You know, so it, it becomes a part of you. And that's the recipe I did today. <laughs> In other words, he's not telling me his baking secrets. But that's okay. I learned a bunch from Alexander and from another pie enthusiast from the South, Joy B. Moore. Joy knows a thing or two about the joys and necessity of a good sweet potato pie. It is a staple in our culture, 365. Um whether you're going to the cookout, Sunday dinner, funeral, repast, wedding, no matter what's going on, if you got a whole gathering of your family together, more than likely, somebody they want to know where the sweet, where the potato salad is and who made the sweet potato pie. Okay. Born in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and based in Richmond, Virginia, Joy wears many hats. Singer, actress, producer, and mental health advocate. She's best known in Richmond and beyond for Joy Bell's Desserts and Countrysides, where she sells soul food dishes and desserts like collard greens, cornbread dressing, and peach pie. She comes from six generations of Black women bakers, and their most famous concoction? Joy Bell's Sweet Potato Pies. I stay true to my, uh, my mothers before me 
and and kept that um, North Carolina flavor palette, uh, which is just you know an explosion of of all of the old school spices that you expect to uh, get in your grandmama's sweet potato pie. Um, the the cinnamons, the nutmegs, the sweet potato pie is hearty, right? And it's a good hearty chew as a sweet potato pie should be. But at the same time, it is so smooth and so creamy um, that it almost reminds you of like a, a mousse. And then, you know, you put the little secret sauce and jack it up a little bit here and there. And I mean, all you can do is just smack your lips because yes, it's that good. There's no doubt Joy knows how to make an exceptional pie. She ships hundreds across the country every Thanksgiving. But what's especially important is the history behind it. Tracing her culinary heritage all the way back to her third great-grandmother, Susan May Howell, she describes the passing down of recipes like sweet potato pie as an act of love in her family. It wasn't something that we was told we had to learn. Um, It was what we did. It was our language of love and love usually tends to transcend and you, you know, that's shared. And so it just continued generation after generation. And for Joy, carrying that history only adds to the beauty of her various pies and desserts. Mothers, grandmothers, aunties, uh, female cousins, were all super important into this fabric that's woven that carries on traditions. Because of Black women like Joy and her ancestors, we're all able to enjoy the deeply comforting dessert. Alexander carries culinary lessons from his own mother and the women in his life. And because of their expertise, when it comes to sweet potato pies, his creativity can run the gamut. He generally sticks to a few key ingredients. Eggs, cream, sugar, butter, sweet potatoes, allspice, and a vanilla that he gets imported from the Dominican Republic. But the final form varies. Alexander is known to sometimes add a bit of bourbon to his pies. He makes an irresistible buttermilk-infused sweet potato pie, a chocolate sweet potato pie, sweet potato cheesecake, and variations of the custard pie he was making at his home, which included a bit less sweet potato and a bit more egg and cream, creating a lighter, fluffier pie. I like to infuse my sweet potatoes with cinnamon and, and uh, citrus zest, and a pinch of nutmeg, you know. Today, I just made the recipe up. I mean, it's a language. It's sort of like asking me to do something I've done over and over again all my life. After about an hour of talking, the smells of nutmeg, cinnamon, and sweet potatoes were too grand to resist. After waiting a few minutes for the pie to settle, we dug into our slices, and folks, Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is, of course, fabulous. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Now, what's better than this? Really? This is fabulous. Sweet potato pie, children. I left Alexander's home with slices of pie that would not make it to the next day. But more than a dessert that I would overindulge in, I left with a sense of pride. From the vodka of the Arkansas Delta, to Texas farmland, to the southern pies that have found themselves in Harlem apartments, there's a distinctiveness of sweet potatoes. One forged, amplified, and properly valued by my people. It came from us. 
So it's the history of this country. We create, we innovate. Sweet potatoes, it, it is our culture. Um, and, you know, it's okay. Other people can celebrate our culture, but it's our thing. Kayla Stewart produced and reported this episode. In addition to her audio work, Kayla is a food and travel writer and the co-author of Emily Maggot's Gullah Geechee Home Cooking. We thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music, Jazar for our donor music. Special thanks for this episode go to Adrian Miller and also to Gravy fact checker Katie King and editor Olivia Terenzio. Managing editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is my co-host, Sarah Camp Milam. My co-host, Mary Beth Lassiter, serves as our publisher. Visit us at southernfoodways.org to peruse our oral history collection, which includes an interview with sweet potato pie maven Joy B. Moore. While you're there, please consider becoming a member or making a donation. Your dollars fund our work and help us make more gravy.